It's the football, 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 and sometimes other sports show. Here's your host, AJ Nicoletti. What up? FFFSOSS.com. At FFFSOSS. Twitter, Instagram. Twitch.tv slash AJNick3. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. If you're listening to this on Thanksgiving, if it's after Thanksgiving, hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. Big show on this Thursday edition of the pod. We're going to do an NFL Week 12 preview, College Football Week 13 preview with the game uh, in the forefront, for sure. Ohio State and Michigan in Ann Arbor. Then footy is back. Club footy is back. Weekend soccer preview. Gigantic match in the Prem to kick off your Saturday ahead of the game. If you want to wake up and you can't, you know, you're waiting for noon, get up a little early, watch some footy. Maybe you get into it. Liverpool uh, visiting the Etihad to take out Man City. So that's a weekend soccer preview that we'll look ahead to. And then a ton of feast week college basketball. Maui just ended as I'm about to record this on uh, Thanksgiving Eve. So some really good college basketball. It's it's great to see all these teams, you know, playing tough games, not like going to these uh, multi-team events. Try, um, pushing themselves with the out-of-conference schedule that helping them for, like, you know, season tournament time with the seeding and all that kind of stuff, but also trying to get your team better before conference play. You know, very, very important. So um, we got college basketball to talk about. Then we got Star Locks and the pick six at the end of the program. So no really kickoff. We'll just go right into the NFL because nobody's on the bye. So we got 16 games to talk about there. A big preview for the Michigan-Ohio State game and then the rest of the college football and, and footy and college basketball. So that is on the docket again. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Let's start with NFL Week 12 preview. Green Bay visiting Detroit. This has been the matchup I feel like we've gotten the most. Um, yeah, you mix in the Bears a little bit, but it's really been Green Bay-Detroit for the longest time when, when Detroit hosts this game on Thanksgiving, the first game of the day. And this is a really big opportunity for them to stick it to the Packers. Um, yes, Jordan Love has played a little bit better in some spots. Um, have they been impressive as a team? The Packers know not necessarily their defense is getting some stops in, in big areas, but then they give up big plays. Uh, they trade away Rasul Douglas, which made you scratch your head a little bit, but you realize, hey, maybe their contract's coming up, all that kind of stuff. So... I think the Packers are not the Packers that we're used to. Certainly not. Um, I think LaFleur is a good coach, but Dan Campbell has these Lions playing some really, really good football. And even when they're not playing really good football, for example, last week at home against Chicago, they let the Bears get up on them. They found a way to win the game. And like the Eagles on Monday night, like good teams find ways to win games. And even though you could say the Chiefs gave that one away, the Bears gave it away. Yeah, but there's another side of that coin of that team coming from behind and winning the game. So um, you got to credit those teams. So Lions at home, you know I love Goff. Gibbs and Montgomery, that one-two in the backfield, have been really, really solid. Uh, St. Brown with that wide receiving core has been good. They moved on from Hawkinson. Laporta's just slid right in to that tight end position. Now I am a little concerned about their defense. I do like Hutchinson. I do like Anzalone. I like a lot of those players, but, you know, they do tend to get in some shootouts where you're like, hey, can you guys get a stop? Can you guys, like, do something? So, um, if the Packers' offense is clicking, we can get a shootout that the Lions win. If the Packers' offense is struggling against that line defense, I think we can get a line blowout. So, I think the Lions win the game. They're primed. Um, it's their division to lose it's their season in the nfc north right now be a team that historically come into your place on this day and ripped your guts out i mean how many times have you seen the lions um when they've been bad the packers come in with rogers and they give rogers a game and then he goes wins the game late or they score the packers score and then the lions get it back and they throw an interception we've seen that movie so many times unfold in detroit on thanksgiving um, before people sit down for their dinner. Maybe some people have already eaten dinner at that point. But you get what I'm saying. Like The Lions have had opportunities against the Packer team in these both these franchises' history on this day in Detroit, and they don't find a way to get it done. I think this year they find a way to get it done because they showed me some signs last week. 
they they've had yeah sure they've had some games where you're looking and you're scratching your head like whoa like get a stop get off the field you got to do something different defensively and then Goff's throwing picks and you're like this guy doesn't throw picks but here he is throwing a bunch of picks like what the hell but the Packers to me I, I like LaFleur I think he's a good head coach Love's got to develop a little bit more to be more consistent and I don't like the skill position guys you got um, Jones is banged up so Dylan can't do everything that Jones can do Jones can't do everything Dylan can, can do so when one of them's missing you're missing a lot of your um, a lot of the things you need from that running back position because neither guy is the true complete back right so when Aaron Jones is out or Dylan's out that affects the other one because they can't do what the other one does so well right so I don't like the skill position, guys. Musgrave got hurt at the tight end. Uh, the line is, you know, old and young. Some like they're old in some areas, and then they're young and green in other areas. Defensively, sure, they've been keeping themselves in some games, but this line offense, when it's humming, they look really, really good. So I'll take the Lions at home. Commanders go down to Dallas. Um, Howell actually has the most passing yards, if I'm not mistaken, in the NFL, which is pretty crazy, so give him credit for that. But uh, this Cowboy team has beaten bad teams and really pummeled them except one game with the Cardinals. And that was a game on the road when I think they might have been reading their press clippings and they, and they got a little ahead of themselves early in the season, right? So since then, and you throw out the Niner game because they just didn't show up. The Eagle game... It could have came. Eagles come back and win that game. Give them credit, right at home. Um, so the Cowboys have been doing really what I think a lot of people expected them to do. I don't think people thought they would get blown out by the Niners in San Francisco, but I think a lot of people thought they would lose that game, myself included. The Eagle game they played better and and could have won, so I think that was a sign in the right direction. That Cardinal loss was a bad loss, but it was early in the season, so you can kind of excuse it if you make it up along the way, which I think they've done a better job. They didn't let that spiral them, right? Um, so I think the Cowboys at home, it might not be pretty, it might not be um, impressive, but they find a way to win the football game. Defensively, they're really, really good and really, really deep. Um, defensive tackle, Hankins, Osa Zigizua, Neville Galmore, the kid, Mozzie Smith. The edge guys, we know Parsons, Lawrence, Armstrong, Williams, Fowler. They're so deep uh, at all these positions on the line. They've needed to be kind of shown up at... at um, Linebacker, Cox has done a good job. Um, secondary, they lost Trayvon Diggs, and Blaine has another four picks. They've done really well there. Gilmore stepped in, Gilmore stepped in really and done a nice job defensively on the back end with the three safeties. When they're all healthy, they can make plays. So I, it's a it's a really really deep team on defense, and they needed to be because of the injuries and the Commanders. The Commanders, if McLaurin gets locked up, can Howell go to other guys? I don't know. We it, it, we haven't seen it enough. We haven't seen it enough. Um, and I got to give credit to Bell. I always keep forgetting Marquise Bell, so I got to give him credit as a linebacker as well for the Cowboy defense. So for me, this game, Cowboys might play down to the Commanders a little bit, but they, they win the game. Is it going away? Is it impressive? I hope so for my mental health on Thanksgiving. But I wouldn't be shocked if they're in a game because it's in division uh, on Thanksgiving, standalone game. And the Commanders franchise has ruined a couple Thanksgivings um, recently. RG3 ruined one. So I still think the Cowboys have more than enough defensively to stop a Commander offense. I'm not really worried about Robinson or Gibson in the run game against the Cowboy front. And then Howell finding open receivers. I don't think they're going to have to find open receivers. I don't think there's going to be a ton of open receivers. I think they're going to have to beat them with window throws and throws with anticipation and all that kind of stuff. And um, maybe the Cowboys make some plays on defense, get some turnovers. Now, offensively, the commanders traded away two big pieces on that defense. Um, and the Cowboy offense, in spots, you worry about a little bit. You know, red zone offense hasn't been the best this season. Punching it in, they've gotten a lot of field goals in that position where you wish they got touchdowns. But I don't see the commander defense stopping the Cowboy offense a ton. So, Cowboys at home. Nightcap, San Francisco visits the Pacific Northwest Seattle Seahawks. Geno's questionable, so... 
could be Drew Locke in for the Seahawks. And if it's Drew Locke, I think he's in trouble. Warner, Greenlaw, Posa, Chase Young now. Um, these guys are really, really good. Hufunga's out for the season, which is really unfortunate. That's a big miss on their back end. He's slipped in and, and you know, slid in, sorry, and, and played really, really well since coming into the lineup for them last season, Hufunga. Um, that being said, I think the Niners have gotten a little bit of their mojo back. Purdy has been really, really good. When he's, you know, not banged up and he's got everybody in front of him and Debo's healthy and Trent Williams in the lineup and McCaffrey's in the lineup. So they're really, really good. I think they go up to Seattle, especially if Geno's not playing and hanging on um, the Seahawks. Now, I know Witherspoon's been, Witherspoon's been good uh, as a rookie for Seattle. They have some players. Metcalf, I saw a story that he learns sign language to talk to talk junk in the end zone so he doesn't get flags, which is just so awesome. I love that. That's so funny. Um, but if it's not Geno, I don't trust Drew Locke to win a football game against a really good defense in San Francisco and an offense that can click at any really drive, you know. We've seen Kittle break long touchdowns. We've seen McCaffrey break long touchdowns. We've seen him hit Ayuk. We've obviously seen Debo Samuel score long touchdowns. So um, this Niner offense, when they don't have to get in a shootout, knowing that, okay, we can punt it. It's okay. Not a big deal. We'll get the ball back. Our defense is going to stop him and get the ball back, especially against the backup quarterback and Drew Locke. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. But I think the Niners win it. First Black Friday game in the NFL history. Um, Dolphins come up to Jet Life to take on the New York Football Jets. It's Boyle in for Zach Wilson. Simeon is the backup, so Zach Wilson is the third string, unfortunately, for him. Uh, I've already made the comments really throughout the season about what I thought about Zach Wilson, so I want to talk about much about him more here. Um, this game, to me, comes down to the Dolphins' offense against the Jet defense. If the Jet defense can get stops, if they could possibly get some turnovers and keep the Jet offense in the game, that's been the recipe we've seen really across the league for bad teams to win football games. The Steelers have a winning record doing it. The Cleveland Browns have a winning record doing it. There's teams in this league that their defense keeps them in the game so long enough that you get a game that's one possession in the fourth quarter and you finally get a touchdown and you take the lead and win the game because your defense has kept you in it. That's how the Jets have won games this season. And even half of their losses have been similar to that, where they've been in the game and then lost it at the end. Um, Dolphins, to me, coming off a very... Dis not disappointing because it's a win, it's a win, it's a win, but they did not... Where they were not impressive at home against Vegas. And, you know, that's credit to Vegas with Antonio Pierce getting that team ready to play and fired up. And, and um, in the wake of Josh McDaniels getting fired, the Raiders have come out and played inspired ball with Pierce coaching them, that's for sure. But does that say anything about the Dolphins? You know, does that worry you about the Dolphins? Is it worrying you? Are you worried? Does that worry you? <laughs> Shout out Mike Francesa. And as I'm recording this, the 60th anniversary, I couldn't, I can't believe I forgot to say this at the top of the show, 60th anniversary of the JFK assassination. Now, if you know, um, I do love history. I am a big fan of the Kennedys. Um, so I always look up the stuff about the JFK stuff. If you saw the Russo ran on first take, that was hysterical. So anyway, um, back to this game. Dolphins against... Dolphins offense against the Jets defense, I think, is the game. Because I don't think the Jet offense is going to do much against the Dolphin defense because the Dolphin defense has shown up in the last few weeks. They've gotten healthy. Phillips and Chubb on the ends. Uh, they got Van Ginkle. They have Baker as the other linebackers. Wilkins in the middle is that D-tackle. Um, Ramsey coming back. He's got three picks in three games. He joins Howard back there. Uh the young safety Hollins back there. So they have, they're really good on defense and they're going to be under the radar maybe for another two weeks, unless they go crazy here on this. Um, maybe this is the week where everybody wakes up on the Miami defense. Cause they'll have a game against the jets where they go crazy. And um, with everybody watching, they have a great defensive performance. So I think dolphins come up here to Jersey win the game going away. I know it's a division game. I know the jets have played teams tough, but if this Dolphin offense gets going, it's it's a, it's very worrisome. And I understand uh, HM might is questionable. 
they don't really need him. They should save him, to be fair. You know, he came back. He gets banged up a little bit. You know, keep him out. It's not a big deal if you, if you sit him. So I think the Dolphins win that game. Jacksonville-Houston. This is a big game in this AFC South. This is a, a game for first place. Jacksonville lost to Houston in their building earlier in the season, so they owe them one. And Houston is playing way above their expectations and have an opportunity to be in first place at the end of November here on Sunday. So it'd be really, really impressive for Houston to win. But I think Jacksonville's playing some really good ball. That butt kicking that they got from San Francisco, I think almost helped them. Um, you know, you don't want to get your butt kicked, but that was a, you know, a reset. That's a young franchise. That's a, that's a, that's a really young team. Peterson in his second job, but it's not like he's uh, been a coach for 10 plus years. He was a coach in Philly for a few and then got fired right after winning the Super Bowl. So I think Jacksonville, better team, more experience. I know Houston has just passed test after test and I'm not trying to knock them. And it sounds like I'm knocking them sure because I'm not picking them in this game at home, but I just value Peterson Lawrence, a little more experience um, in big spots. Stroud is still getting used to them at this level, even though he's been excellent. And I think at some point, because the talent level that I was questioning was because some of these guys were unproven and guys like Dell and Stroud, even though they were, you know, Stroud obviously highly touted, but they were young guys with, you know, they drafted them to be on their team you don't want to put heavy expectations on rookies. They've surpassed everything. You know, D'Amico Ryan's the rookie head coach. Stroud is the, the rookie quarterback of that team. It's been really, really impressive. And it seems like I'm a moron for, for going against uh, Houston here, but I'm going to go against Houston. I'm going to take Jacksonville um, on the road in Houston. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati, it's Browning for Burrow after he is uh, out for the season. And I think this is a low-scoring game. And with Pittsburgh letting Matt Canada go, it's not like they're going to open it up offensively. The, the hire came from within the promotion, if I'm not mistaken. So I think it's a tight game. I think it's a close game. I think Pittsburgh finds a way to win it because um, even though Cincinnati's at home, it's really, really difficult to overcome that injury to your franchise quarterback who is the guy on your team, right? Um, because, yes, Chase is a special player. The defensive uh, line for this Bengals team is special. They're great players. So I'm not trying to knock the rest of the, the talent group in Cincinnati, but Burrow's the guy. We know Burrow's the guy, right? So him being out, I think, really, really affects that team going forward. I wouldn't be shocked if they just tr tail off, and I don't, I don't blame them at all. And I think Pittsburgh has found ways to win football games. And when you do that, you continue to do that. Like, if you do that in September, you find yourself doing it in October. You do it in October, you find yourself doing it in November. You do it in October, November, you do it in December, right? So I think the Steelers have just found ways to win football games, and I'm going to take them to win one here. Carolina and Tennessee. Carolina's a bad football team. Um, Young is running for his life a lot. They can't block. Thielen is having a good season, but I don't really love the rest of the skilled guys there. Um, for Bryce Young defensively they can only do so, so much because they're on the field so much and I think Tennessee has an opportunity here to, to win a football game you know to get Will Levis a win to win a football game for Vrabel and at home on their turf uh, because they, it used to be grass and it was not I think Henry has a big game I think Hopkins and Levis that connection continues to grow uh, so give me the Titans at home New Orleans-Atlanta, this is a big game in this NFC South uh, because neither New Orleans-Atlanta or Tampa have uh, created some distance in this division. So it's really any three of those teams, uh, any one of those three that could come out and host a home playoff game and be the, the four seed, as we know. Uh, we've seen it a multitude of times over the last few years. So Saints have five wins, Falcons have four, T Tampa has four. So... This is a very, very big game in this division. Both teams, I believe, coming off the bye here. Um, I don't know who's a better coach between Dennis Allen and Arthur Smith. I got no idea. Um, 
Jameis versus Ritter. I'd say Jameis is a better quarterback. Um, skill position wise, I'd say Atlanta has better young guys, but Kamara overall is probably the best player. Um, defensively, I'd take New Orleans' defense, so I'm going to take New Orleans on the road, I guess. Tampa and Indy. Indy's not a good football team. Um, neither is Tampa, but I think Tampa finds a way to get a roadie here. Uh, Minshew is fun, but I don't trust him in a big in a spot at all. To be honest, I was gonna say big spot. It's not a big spot. I don't trust him in a spot to begin with, let alone a big spot, as they say. Uh, I'll take Bake on the road here. Give me Tampa. Pats Giants. I mean, this matchup used to mean so much. Um, we've seen it in two Super Bowls in those seasons. We've seen it in big matchups. So, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Giants at home here. Tommy DeVito, Jersey Juice, shout out to him and Saquon. That was so funny. Uh, Pats, is Mac Jones starting? Is it Zappy? I don't think it matters. I think both teams stink, but the Giants are at home. DeVito has a little bit of momentum. Give me the Giants. Cleveland and Denver. Um, Denver's on a little bit of a run here. Cleveland, to me is the better team, even with, you know, I know they signed Flacco. I don't think he's ready to go yet. Uh, even with DTR going, I think Cleveland's a better team because Cleveland's defense is incredible. It's not like the Bronco offense scares me at all. Um, so I'll go Cleveland on the road. Rams, Cardinals, if Stafford goes, give me the Rams. Um, and I think he will go. If Cooper Cup can go, I like the Rams even more. Sean McVay versus Jonathan Gannon. Who you taking? That's all I really got to say. The game is a pick em. I understand it's in Arizona. I don't care. The quarter, the, the head coach of the other team is Gannon. The head coach of the team, the, the team I'm picking is Sean McVay. You tell, you tell me. Okay, so give me the Rams. I, I'm not... I know Kyler has just come back and he's excited to play and, and you know, him and Moore connected on the deep ball. Listen... We, we know that Kyler Murray, you know, it, it happens for him in some games here or there, but then in other games he looks a absolutely mismatched on the field. So give me the Rams. Buffalo and Philly. This is an interesting game. Philly on the short week coming off the big win in Kansas City. They welcome in Buffalo, who righted the ship a little bit in a blowout win against the Jets. Can Buffalo steal one in Philly here? Because if Buffalo is playing better, you could say – this could be a pick em. This could be, you know, one or two. It's three or four in some places, right? So they don't think the Bills are going to get blown out. They think the Bills are going to win the game and they have a chance to win it. And I think they can win it because Philly coming off a big game. Here's another one, right? So I understand it's at home, but it is a short week. Got to refocus. I think that's difficult. And if anything... They win it close. I, I don't think there's a, a, a world where Philly's blowing out Buffalo because I think Buffalo um, has been unfortunate in a lot of their losses. Um, but I think Philly wins the game and Buffalo has a, a very, very tough, heartbreaking loss again. And if Buffalo wins it outright, that'd be sweet. But if not, probably not. Kansas City goes to Vegas. Uh, Mahomes, one loss on the road. It was losing to the Denver Broncos this year in division. Other than that, he's gone away from Arrowhead and played in division and won every game. So I continue to see the Chiefs winning games on the road in division because that's just what they're going to do. They bounce back from the loss. Um, that's a game I think they don't think they should have lost. I think there's a lot of people that don't think they should have lost that game. Um, I think the Raiders, unfortunately, are going to be on the end of that. And I know Pierce will have them ready to go. We're Raiders. We don't let them come in here. We end this, you know, they, sure, the Broncos beat them, but we want to beat them too in our place kind of a thing. Uh, so I think the Raiders will play a better game. But the chief defense against O'Connell, I, I don't think O'Connell's ready to play this caliber defense. Um, I don't want to say they're clicking, but they're playing well. Chiefs on the road. Give me the Chiefs. Baltimore and the L.A. Chargers. Well, if Baltimore is the best team in the AFC, they go into L.A., handle their business, and get on a flight back home, right, on Sunday night. So, uh, into Monday morning, they get home early. So, 
I think Chargers sure have an opportunity to win this game because they're almost in every game. The Chargers rarely get blown out. They're usually in one-score games, and unfortunately for them, they usually lose those games. So I think, again, they'll be in a tight, low, uh, not a low scoring, not necessarily low scoring, but I don't think it's high scoring, uh, game possibly in the, in the 20s, and they'll find a way to lose or give it up, and the other team will find a way to win because that's just what happens in Charger games, uh, especially with this head coach, more so than almost any other coach, which is crazy. Uh, Lamar and company, I think, have shown that they are one of the top teams in the league. And with Bosa out for the Chargers, I think that's a gigantic loss because now you can focus a little more on Khalil Mack. Um, instead of just having to split your lines and, and worry about who's um, where the blitz is picking up from where, all that kind of stuff, right? So give me... Um, Baltimore wins the game on the road. Chicago, Minnesota, Monday night. Shocking they didn't flex out of this one yet. Um, <laughs> Minnesota's bad. Chicago's bad. I guess Minnesota wins the game at home. I guess. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. All right, college football. Talking about the playoff rankings real quick. Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan stays the same one through three. I told you on Tuesday's show. Washington was going to jump Florida State, and they did. So Washington into the four-hole, Florida State to five. Oregon, Texas, Bama is still the same order of those one-loss teams. So they've set up that earlier when Ohio State was one and Georgia won on the road, what was that, Ole Miss? They won the Ole Miss game. They jumped to one, right? So they set the precedent that you could do that. If you If both teams win, and if one team's wins – more impressively against a better team away from home, they'll jump them. And they did it again with this week with Washington jumping Florida State to four. And again, I wonder, had Travis not got hurt, would they have done that anyway? I think they would have. So that made it an easier decision for them. Uh, so let's get into the college football week 13 preview. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan in Ann Arbor. We know no hardball on the sidelines. So when Michigan has the ball, it's McCarthy under center and in the gun. Corman Edwards, that two-headed monster at the back. Loveland, the tight end. And Roman Wilson's status after being hurt um, in the game against Maryland. A lot of signs are pointing to him playing. Now, the Ohio State defense is the number two scoring defense. They got 21 sacks, only seven picks. But what they really specialize in in this Ohio State defense is they are getting teams off the field on third down. Just under 30%. I think it's 29 point something. Um... Well, obviously, that's under 30. I should have set a number after 29 points. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, uh, <laughs> hopefully you're laughing at that. That was pretty dumb. <laughs> Not a math guy. All right. Um, but they get off the field really, really well on third down. Uh, that's been their calling card this season. They don't have a ton of interceptions. They have some fumbles, but they get off the field on third down. Now, when Ohio State has the ball, McCord, who... I don't want to say has wowed me every game. There's been some moments where I've said, okay, that's a big time throw or like, okay, that was the right read or, but there's a lot of times where he just throws it up to Harrison and Harrison comes down with it. And you're like, Oh, what a throw. Like, dude, he just chucked it up. That was like blacktop football. Like what are we talking about? So, um, do I think he's like a great quarterback? No. Do I think he can win this game? Possibly, possibly. Henderson's got to run the ball effectively. Um, when Ohio State's going and they're running the ball and they can have that play action, and then that's when they get linebackers to step up and safeties to step up and they can slip uh, Harrison behind those guys for the deep shots. That's what they're really looking for. So McCord's throwing to Harrison. He's throwing to Igabuka and Stover, the tight end. And Michigan has, who this Ohio State de offense is going up against, Michigan's defense, the number one scoring defense, 27 sacks, 14 picks, opponents just over 30% on third down. So the Michigan defense is getting off the field on third down, not to the clip that Ohio State is, but a very close uh, number, to be fair. But they're also getting a lot of interceptions, double the interceptions. So that Michigan side, when they've gone up in some big games, teams have been throwing it, and Michigan's been picking it off. 
teams have been throwing against Ohio State, and they've been kind of knocking it down and falling incomplete, and they just get punched. So that's the story there between the matchups. I think Michigan wins this game. I think they're really galvanized by the no Harbaugh thing. Will it make a difference that he's not on the sidelines? It's going to impact the game for sure. But this whole season, he's... I don't think he's gonna. He hasn't coached the majority of their games, right? He missed four at the beginning and three at the end. So what's he coached? Like four games, not even, right? So he hasn't been on the sideline for the majority of the games anyway. So I think it is a factor, but I don't think it's the factor of just being like he's suspended for one game. How are they gonna cope? Well, he's been suspended. He hasn't been coaching half the season. Um, so I think it's a factor, but I don't think it's the deciding factor. Michigan is really, really fired up to play this game. I'm not saying Ohio State isn't, but when Michigan... Because for the longest time, people are like, Michigan's just as good. They weren't. Michigan was not as good as Ohio State for a really long time. That's why Ohio State was handing it to them. But the last few years, even the year where they, um, the fourth and one where Barrett snuck it and they gave him the first down and Harbaugh was going crazy, how do you give him the first down? That was like one of the first years like, oh, they could have beat him. This was their shot, right? The last two, the one, the first one was a butt kicking. Last year, took it to them and they, they kind of closed it, but then it was deciding anyway, right? When Michigan has even the talent disparity, they've won the games. Ohio State has yet to respond since Michigan has leveled the talent. And I think that will continue. So give me Michigan. Rest of the playoff teams this week in rivalry week here. Georgia goes to Atlanta to take on Georgia Tech. That is going to get really, really ugly. Wazoo against Washington. Here's an opportunity. If Oregon can say, like, if Oregon can ever get Wazoo to beat Washington right now, they'd be loving it. That would be big because then. That really gets Washington out of the conversation if Oregon wins and gives them one less team, the committee, to worry about and not a one-loss Washington team and a one-loss Oregon team, but a one-loss Oregon team and a two-loss Washington team after Oregon beat them, they'd be fired up about that. So Washington, uh, Oregon's going to be gigantic Wazoo fans in this Apple Cup. Um, Washington coming off a close win. They've played down to opponents, but they've won the games. Wazoo will give them a tough test. Wazoo's coming off killing Colorado at home, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Wazoo will give them a tough test, but Washington will win the game. Florida State against Florida. It's going to be tough for Florida State. Um, I think they win the game, but I'm just saying morale-wise, emotional-wise, like uh, the idea of losing your leader a guy that you know he wasn't going to win the Heisman but possibly if they had a big couple games here he gets a, a, an invite to New York maybe but it just hasn't worked out it hasn't worked out um with the injury here but they go to Gainesville they win the game then we have the oh you can't call it that anymore. I almost said it the Oregon State against Oregon battle of uh, another Pacific Northwest state up there can't say what it used to be called I almost said it again um <laughs> Oregon State coming off that tough home loss against Washington. Oregon pummeled Arizona State in the desert. Knicks looks really, really good. They have to get to next week with one loss. They cannot afford to lose. They they have to um they have to win this game. Obviously, Oregon State wants to play spoiler in the last one um, of this matchup that we might see for a while, depending on how they want to do it with the scheduling and the contracts and stuff with Oregon going to the Big Ten, as we know. So Oregon State will be very, very motivated. They almost pulled it off last week with a comeback effort at home, but they just couldn't do enough against Washington to upset the Huskies and give them a loss. So what can they do? They can ruin Oregon's season by giving them a second loss. Oregon State will be very, very fired up to play this game. I just think Oregon's a better team. Lanning's been a really, really good coach since coming in. Um, I give him a ton of credit. And Nix has been excellent. Excellent since coming in. So, give me Oregon at home. 
Texas Tech against Texas. This is an interesting game. Tech, you know, still has it in them sometimes to get in some absolute shootouts. Texas defense, I feel like, has been better. Texas offense, you're left scratching your head a little bit with some of the things you're seeing. Um, but Texas at home and Texas on the road have been really different teams. Texas at home has been really, really good. So give me Texas. Bama goes to Auburn for the Iron Bowl. One of the classic matchups, one of the best rivalries in the game. It's unfortunate that Auburn isn't really good because when both teams are good, this game is insane. Um, and even when, you know, both teams are like, when Auburn's like bowl eligible and Bama's going for SEC titles, it's a good game for Auburn to play spoiler of uh, their big in-state rival. But Auburn is not good. Bama has looked so much better. Now, could they get in a tight, close contest because it is a rivalry game, because there's so much between these two teams? Yeah, I could see Auburn pulling Bama down into a little bit of a battle, but Bama wins this game going away in the second half. All right, Mizzou goes to Arkansas to try to finish off their regular season with one loss. Louisville hosts Kentucky. That's always a fun game uh, with bragging rights there in the uh, Bluegrass State. Penn State goes to East Lansing. They'll hammer Michigan State. Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night. Ole Miss in Starkville to take on Mississippi State. That's a really tough matchup for Mississippi State. Um, new, they got the interim there. They're looking for a new coach. Um, Lane, even though they've lost a few, uh, what, two games, three games, right? Three games. Um, they're a good football team. Give me Ole Miss. Oklahoma is hosting TCU. TCU has made some interesting matchups this season, uh, but Oklahoma should win that game. LSU and A&M, fun little rivalry so far that has developed in the SEC. They played that crazy overtime game. Uh, what was that, four or five years ago now? Got to be four or five years ago now. Um, Daniels is the best player in the country right now. You got to give him credit. Give LSU the win. Arizona and Arizona State. That could be an interesting game. Arizona State isn't that as bad as everybody thinks. I know I just said Oregon blew them out, but that was more of a sign of Oregon than Arizona State, to be fair. Iowa-Nebraska. Nebraska's going to be fired up to, to play that game. Iowa doesn't have anything to play for. They've already clinched the West, so I guess they just don't want another loss, but they are in that title game no matter what. They'll play the winner of Michigan-Ohio State. So I think Nebraska could win that game, but Iowa will probably keep it close enough to find a way. Notre Dame-Stanford. Stanford's been in some interesting games this season, most notably the comeback against Colorado on that uh, Friday night in October. Uh, but Notre Dame quietly, unfortunately, you know, it's quiet, but they put together a solid season because of those losses. Like, if they only lose one of those games, imagine where they are right now. They're like the... the eighth or ninth team and they're trying to get in as a one loss right because the Ohio State lost very tough at home one point but then the loss to Louisville was tough and then I don't know if they lose to Clemson if they still have only one loss at that point but who knows so um all right Kansas State beat Kansas last week didn't cover but they welcome in Iowa State this week Oklahoma State hosts BYU uh Tennessee hosts Vandy Tennessee's got to bounce back after a loss to Georgia NC State hosting UNC. They flipped kind of rankings. NC State wasn't ranked. Now they're ranked. UNC was ranked. Now they're not ranked. Tulane and UTSA square off in Louisiana. Clemson ranked going to Columbia. Columbia? Or Columbus. Columbia. South Carolina to take on the State University there. And Liberty, number 25, goes to El Paso to play the UTEP Miners. All right. Over to footy. EPL back, Man City, Liverpool, gigantic game in the EPL. It's so dumb that it's the first kickoff. Klopp was upset with it. I think Pep's upset with it. I think a lot of people are upset with it. After an international break to have two of the best teams play, the first game is, is not very intelligent, but here we are. So at the Etihad, Liverpool have had some big results there. They've also had some very weak results there. I think Liverpool are back to the title-contending team. Um, that they were previously under Klopp instead of the last couple of years where they haven't been contending. Well, maybe last year, the year before they had a one-point loss again. Um, 
that being said, City are really, really good. They have so many options. Uh, attacking Doku is a great signing. Nunes has done all right because um, they wanted Paqueta for that role. They got Nunes from Wolves instead. So they've signed some really good players. Guardiola's come in and just played right away. Akanji's so good on that back line. So they have players at every position. Even though De Bruyne is hurt, Alvarez has stepped up. Foden stepped up. And Holland hasn't had the season he's had or, or the start of the season he had last year, but he's still scoring a lot of goals, to be fair. So, going to be a really, really good game. We've seen some 0-0s in this contest. We've seen some 2-2s, 1-1s, and then we get another 2-2 here. I think both teams will score some goals and break down the opposition. We'll get a big referee decision, I'm sure, where both coaches are fuming at the referee, but uh, I think we get a 2-2 at the Etihad. Sheffield United against Bournemouth. This is a big matchup. Um, Bournemouth have an opportunity to get three points. They, they finally got a win the other day, or the other day, last time out. Uh, Sheffield United got a break with Everton getting a 10-point uh, reduction. Sheffield United got a break. Luton got a break. Um, Burnley got a break with that decision because that brings Everton right, right, right into the fight with them. Like, those teams needed to win a couple matches to bring other teams in. Now, with this uh, point reduction, Everton ever in the fight right now. They got to get out of it. So, Bournemouth and Sheffield is a big six-pointer, in my opinion. At Bramolene, I think it's split 1-1. Forest and Brighton. Brighton have a ton of injuries. This is a great time for Forest to play them. I think at the city ground, we've seen Steve Cooper turn that into a fortress for Nottingham Forest so far in his managerial career in the Prem. I like Forest in this spot. Brighton have a lot of injuries. Deserbys, it's going to be a tough formation and 11 to build for Deserbys Brighton. And I'm, I'm interested to see how he lines up with what players wear because he has suspension. He has injuries to deal with. So um, give me Forrest there. Newcastle Chelsea. We could see the debut of Nkuku, the big signing for Chelsea, another big signing for Chelsea, I should say. There's been a million big signings for Chelsea uh, previously uh, in, this, in these last few windows. But Nkuku is the striker they want. Jackson has been the placeholder. And, and everyone upset about Jackson and him missing chances. I've always been careful to remind them that he's not supposed to be the, the number one striker. The number one striker hasn't played a minute yet, unfortunately. But when he comes back, Nkuku will be the striker. Now, will they play a striker, uh, a front pairing? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Um, but Nkuku, if they play one striker, is the guy. So if he comes back for this match, Newcastle's another side that has a bunch of injuries. You saw Kieran Trippier um, confront a fan on away from um, I forget where they were. They lost, but they were away from St James Park, and he and he confronted a fan in the way in. So at St James Park, Chelsea have been playing better. Cole Palmer, I know it's only f it's four penalties, but he has four big goals and four big opportunities. The last match they played against City, the four four that took Stones to be in that game. Um, so Chelsea have much improved. Newcastle, we've seen give up points at home. I think that's a draw. Give me 2-2. Two, two. Luton Crystal Palace. I think Crystal Palace go to Kenilworth and um, really hang it on Luton. Crystal Palace is getting healthier. Elise Eze should be coming back into the side and playing significant minutes again. Crystal Palace has a lot of talent. A lot of young talent. If Roy puts them in and sets them up in the right 11 with the right formation, they can score with that, almost everybody in this league, in my opinion, uh, just because of Eze and Olise. They are so, so talented. And Luton, Luton's in trouble. Give me Crystal Palace. Burnley, West Ham. West Ham have a lot of midfield pieces. Antonio up front. Bowen's been really, really good. Suchak and... Um, Paqueta and Ben Rama and Ward Prowse has been a great signing. Alvarez has been a good signing as well. So in the midfield and attacking, they've been good. They've had some injuries. Um, and at the back, he's done well in putting it together a back line. So I like West Ham here. Burnley are not good enough. Plain and simple. Brentford against Arsenal, a little bit of this rivalry developing in this London derby. Yeah, it is a London derby, but you need some people to pop off. Now, Tony's not playing yet, but uh, if you watch the All or Nothing when uh, the Amazon series for Arsenal, when 
Brentford beat him, Tony treated out just to kick about with the boys. And Arteta showed that in the dressing room, uh, which is very interesting. You don't know if he's going to appeal to that stuff. But he's like, this is how they treated us kind of a thing. So little uh, animosity here between these sides, I'm sure, in the London Derby. So I expect it to be played uh, contentiously. Arsenal's another team with injuries. Brentford has some as well. Uh, but I think this is an exciting London draw. I think we get a lot of draws this weekend, to be fair. A lot of teams coming back from break. Um, give me 2-2. Two, two. Tottenham Villa. Tottenham have another another club with a lot of injuries and some suspensions. Villa have some guys banged up as well. Emery is a really, really good manager. Not taking a shot at Big Ange. I think Big Ange is a good manager as well. But Emery has shown he can coach in this league and in this country. So I, I like Villa to go at least get a point. They get a result at Tottenham Stadium because Tottenham, with Madison being banged up, Van Van being banged up, Romero suspended. Um, I know Ben Kerr is coming back into the lineup, which helps. But he's not Madison. That's not an offense to him, but they're not the same player or same style player. So you got injuries and suspensions on the back line. You got to play Dyer at center back with who? You know, Davies? What are you doing back there? So I think Tottenham are in trouble. Villa are going to take it to him. Villa have a very, very exciting attack. Watkins, Diaby, Bailey, they go at, at Villa. Everton, Man U. Everton needs results again. They started the season poor. They've won some matches. Uh, Calvert-Lewin coming back and them winning matches is certainly a thing that I've talked about a lot. Calvert-Lewin has to score for them. He is their talisman, uh, especially when they just play 4-4-1-1 four, four, one, one with Dracore being the 10. Like, what are you? He's a defensive midfielder. I understand he's getting some goals here and there, but he's a defensive midfielder by and by uh, that's, that's masquerading as a 10. Um, so Everton need results. At Goodison, Sean Dyche will set them up to get a result, meaning nil-nil for the longest time until they concede and then, you know, then they'll have to come out of the shell a little bit. But they'll be in a shell. And can Manchester United patiently break it down? United is on the other side with injuries, as we know. Um, I think United do break it down. Give me one nil United. Because they find like they're not they haven't been impressive, but they've won some matches. Fulham and Wolves on Monday night. Wolves have had some really exciting finishes. Um Fulham with Silva coaching them. This is the Jimenez ball with Jimenez going to from Wolves to Fulham to replace Smitrovic. Can Jimenez score in a big spot against his former club? I wonder. I wonder. Um no no. La Liga Rayo Valencano against Barcelona. Atletico Heist, Mallorca, and Real Madrid visit Cadiz. Ah, Lazio travel to San Latina. Atlanta hosts Napoli. AC Milan welcome in Florentina. Udinese travel to the capital, Roma. And Juve and Inter in Turin. Big match at the Alnias in northern Italy there. Uh, Bundesliga, Cologne, Bayern Munich, Bremen, Leverkusen, Wolfsburg take on Red Bull Leipzig and Dortmund, Gladbach, Ligun. PSG, Monaco, big, big match there. And Nice, Toulouse. All right, college basketball. UConn beats Texas at the Garden. Listen, UConn's really, really good. Texas is impressive. They've had some injuries. Disu's not playing right now, and some of the other guys are banged up. So I don't think Texas was at full strength at all, and they, you know, played a tough game. But UConn is really, really good. Now, I know uh, Klingon, Caravan, Newton are back. They've lost a lot of guys, but some of the other guys coming in have really, really impressed me. So UConn, very, very good. Maui, Purdue and Marquette get through gauntlets. Um, that was a great field, and Purdue wins it uh, final by three. Close game. Marquette fought back after Purdue had built a lead. Um, very, very impressed with Marquette. Purdue, I'm worried about the guards, but I tell you what, the point guard Smith, very, very, very impressive performance. Some really tough takes to the rim, some really good looks. Some strong defense at that point guard position. Because Lawyer is a nice two guard, but he's not a guy that I trust bringing the ball up in a big spot. You know, and and being able to facilitate the offense and get it to Edie with the right pass. Because you see him, sometimes he throws a bounce pass. I'm like, what are you, the guy's 7'4". 
The guy guarding him is six eight. Throw it high. But hey, give credit to Purdue and Matt Painter. Four Myers tip off. West uh, loses to Virginia in the final. Uh, Atlanta's got underway on Wednesday. Arkansas, Memphis, Michigan, Carolina, and uh, Northern Iowa, Stanford, Texas Tech, and Nova in Atlantis. That's a fun one. Baylor, Oregon State, Florida, and Pitt in the NIT tip-off. A game, just a game this week, a standalone, I believe, is Michigan State, Arizona. That's a really good basketball game. Uh, Michigan State, uh, I can see winning the title. Arizona, I can see winning the title. So there's been some really, really good basketball games to start this season. ESPN events invitationals, Penn State, A&M, FAU, Butler, Iowa State, VCU, Boise State, and Virginia Tech. Good field there. Children and Invitational, Iowa, Oklahoma, Seton Hall, USC. Interesting teams there. Uh, Vegas Showdown, NC State, Vandy, BYU, Arizona State. And you got the Emerald Coast Classic, which is Bama, Ohio State, Oregon, and Santa Clara. All right, let's get to the picks portion of the show. Send you out on this Thanksgiving. We start with Survivor Pool Locks. All right, 27 and 6 on the season, Survivor Pool Locks. Two Thanksgiving and then one on Sunday here. And a lot of division games, so I could have broken a lot of rules, but I tried to stay away from it. But I got three home teams regardless. Two of them are in division and the two on Thanksgiving, obviously. So Detroit at home. I think Detroit has turned the corner as a franchise. I think the Packers are in a little bit of a struggling spot where they're not the top dog in the division. They've been in uh, in the division in a long time. I think Detroit is having a really good season. I think they win on Thanksgiving at home against the Green Bay Packers. Pick number one. Pick number two, the Dallas Cowboys. I understand the Cowboys have played down to opponents on Thanksgiving. I've watched every snap for my whole life, really, on Thanksgiving with the Dallas Cowboys. So I've seen it. Um, that being said, they're a better team than the Washington Commanders. They have better talent than the Washington Commanders. I I think McCarthy is a better coach than Rivera, to be fair, because Rivera hasn't shown me much this year with some adjustments and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but give me the Cowboys at home. Then we got Tennessee, Carolina. I'm going to take Tennessee at home. Carolina's really bad. Tennessee isn't a great team either, but Carolina's really, really bad. This pick's more about Carolina going on the road trying to win a game. I don't think so. Give me Tennessee at home. So Detroit against Green Bay, pick number one. Dallas versus Washington, pick number two. And Tennessee at home against Carolina, pick number three. Two Thanksgiving in a game on Sunday, 27-6 to Rob Locks on the season. All right, let's get to the pick six now. And... The FFF SOSS pick six for Thanksgiving week in the National Football League, the league where they play. Pepe. Thirty-five, twenty-nine, and two, back-to-back five-and-one weeks, I believe, for the pick six. So we have a formula. We take primetime unders. We continue to pick primetime unders, folks. Pick number one: San Francisco, Seattle, Thanksgiving evening, under forty-five. Drew Lock for Geno. If Geno's questionable and can't go, Niners will control the game. And even if they don't control the game, Seattle can't win a shootout against the Niners, in my opinion, with a backup. So they'll try to control the clock. I think we get another under in a primetime spot. San Francisco, Seattle, under 45, pick number one. Pick number two, let's go to Sunday. Jacksonville, Houston. I like the total going over here. I think both defenses have playmakers, but I think both offenses have such big play capability. ETN can break a run. Lawrence can break contain and make a run. We know he can throw the deep ball. Ridley's had a better uh, last week, of course, but he's had a better season of, of late. So 
I think Jacksonville has an explosive offense. We know Houston has an explosive offense with Stroud. He's throwing the deep ball outstandingly well to start his career with Dell and, and uh, taking those deep shots. And Schultz has had a nice season at the tight end. So pick number two, Jacksonville, Houston, over 48. Pick number three, Rams catching one. They were catching one last week, I believe, or catching two. I like them. I know it's away from home. But again, like I said in the preview of the game, I'm taking Sean McVay over Jonathan Gannon. I like Kyler Murray in some spots. I'm taking Stafford over him. It's pretty simple. Rams win it on the road, plus one. You can take the money line. You want to take straight up, do whatever you want. Rams win the game on the road. Pick number three, LA Rams in Arizona. Catch a one. You can throw it on the money line or pick them. Do whatever you want. But that's pick number three. Pick number four. I think this team really needs a win. And I'm trying to go Hungry Dog Runs Faster here. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm trying to do that. Hungry Dog Runs Faster. Pick the underdog. Eagles coming off a gigantic win. Short week. Holiday in between. Bills need the game more. Bills plus four. They could win it outright. I'm not telling you to do that outright, but I think they have an opportunity to win it outright. Bills plus four in Philly. Pick number four. Pick number five. And pick number six. You know where we're going. Sunday night, pick number five. Ravens, Chargers, under 48. We get a tight contest. Maybe the Ravens play down to the Chargers a little bit. Maybe we get some fourth downs where teams are going for it where they shouldn't in the middle of the field or should be taking points and they're not kicking it. I think it's a little high. I think it could be 44. We'd still take it, but I think 48, they're, they're really saying both these offenses can score. I don't know. They can, but can they on a primetime spot? So it's a primetime game. We're taking a primetime under. Baltimore, LA Chargers under 48 Sunday night. And then Monday night, Bears, Vikings under 44. I know Fields is back for the Bears. I know Dobbs has done a nice job for the Vikings. They lose a tough one uh, the other night. on Sunday night there. But I think Bears, Vikings, under 44. I probably would take this under if it was a one o'clock game, let alone in a primetime spot. Could there be a shootout breakout between two bad teams? Yes. But I'm leaning towards division game, two bad teams. I know the Vikings have won some games and now they lost. Bears got their guy back, so they're gonna feel better about themselves. But we're gonna go under 44. Pick number six, Monday night, Bears, Vikings. So, pick number one, Niners, Seahawks, Thanksgiving night, under 45. Jacksonville, Houston on Sunday, over 48. Rams catching one in the desert, taking on the Cardinals. Bills in the city of brotherly love, playing the Philadelphia Eagles. Buffalo catching four. And then the other two primetime unders, Baltimore, L.A. Chargers under 48, Chicago, Minnesota under 44. We got Niners, Seahawks under 45, Jags, Texans over 40, 48, Rams plus one in Arizona, money line, Bills plus four in Philly, you can sprinkle if you want, Ravens, Chargers under 48 Sunday night, Bears, Vikings, under 44, Monday night, the FFF, SOSS, pick six for week 12 in the National Football League.
All right. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody out there. If you're listening to us after Thanksgiving, hopefully you had a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the holiday weekend. Enjoy all the football. It's a ton of football. And Saturday, I mean, the game is going to be it's, – it's one of the all-time games. And I think somebody – I think Big T wrote on Barstool, it's like the – it's an end of an era for college football because after this year, everything kind of changes. This is like the last regular season week before everything goes crazy with the conferences next year, even though it's kind of started. But next year is really, really nuts. So anyway, everybody enjoy the holiday. No drinking, no driving, as you know. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We will talk to you next week. Until then, peace. Football, football, and sometimes other sports show. Sounds like me.